talking of ships, I have here a fic. Okay. Which, you, it speaks to me on many levels. It's called Paint and Powder by Andrew J. Talon. This is a reference to a quote of one Chest W. Nimitz. A ship is always referred to as she because it costs so much to keep one in paint and powder. Okay. Uh, this is an AU where everyone's ships have an A. I thought it was because it was full of semen. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <Possibly>. come on! <laughs> <laughs> I really should start writing down banter. Maybe that should be my New Year's resolution. Prepare <laughs> topics to pre-banter. To write down the banter. Yeah. Just have a couple ideas. I don't know. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year. Pretending this is the first time we've spoken since then. <laughs> oh. I mean, we have been rather quiet while we've been doing our own thing. On That's this, true. Yeah, sort of like three, four week uh, hiatus. I mean, we're still in touch. We still chat shit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we do. Uh, yeah. Thank you for humoring me, letting me do the Star Trek episode. You're so <laughs> welcome. Grace will hang this over me, I'm sure. Have you uh, sorted out a monologue? I thought you wanted to do a monologue. Oh, God. I'd... Not a monologue for this bit. Maybe in part two. Oh, really? I'll, I'll, I'll do like a Captain's Log. I mean, you've got to open the episode with Captain's Log, Stardate 3279.4. The shipping forecast has arrived above AO3 to talk about Star Trek. Yeah, I I'm beaming down with my... <laughs> oh god, what would you guys be? What do you reckon your ship roles would be aboard our Enterprise? I don't know any of the job descriptions, so probably sales. Oh. Sales! <laughs> <laughs> so, for one thing, there is no sales in any Star Trek because the Federation is post-capitalist. <laughs> I mean, I have no uses on a ship because I don't know what a ship requires okay, as, a, so, as a person in this century. So usually on the bridge, you've got the captain, you've got the first officer, you've got the helmsman, you've got the, the weapons officer or tactical officer, you've got the science officer. Picard had a therapist on his bridge. Modern times call for modern solutions. Uh, her entire role was just to go... I'm sensing hostility from these aliens who might who are firing on us. I mean, that's a negotiator, not a therapist. You don't want a therapist. I know. She she wasn't very good at being a therapist, I'm not going to lie. Uh. Love you, Deanna Troy, but no. Um, Helms officer. Sorry, not Helms. Uh, calm officer, usually. That was a horror. I mean, Chief I'd, engineer. I'd like to drive the ship, but I wouldn't be very good at it. Okay. Nah, you could be the helmsman. Nah, I'm the helmsman. You you wouldn't want to be chief engineer. I uh, the the thing is, I reckon I'm okay at fixing things, but I reckon I can drive things better than I can fix them. Mm. Okay. Okay, that's interesting. So you're gonna have to fight each other to be the helmsman. I mean, like no one would trust me to drive or fix the ship. Okay. So I'll just have to be the doctor. Oh yeah, chief medical officer. Yep. Yeah. Ships or burns. Mate, I'm going. Ooh. I'm going to absolutely roid rage the crew. <laughs> <laughs> I think most of the doctors do get all roid ragey for the most part. Like Bones was famously the grumpiest man on Kirk's Enterprise. <laughs> I mean, more likely, I'm going to test experimental substances on the crew because we're <laughs> literally, literally so far away from civilization, they can't really do a lot about it. 
All they're going to do so, is sack me. Yes. Grace views the Hippocratic Oath as a guideline rather than an actual rule. I mean, rules are made to be broken even if it was a rule. So, <laughs> the I've, I may as well jump into talking about characters because there's one I should probably mention to Grace. Now okay. you've said, talking about the Surly Doctors. One of the newer shows, one of my favourite ones, uh, Lower Decks. It, it's all about kind of the B-team ship that show up after and do, like... Or the cleanup. All the stuff, the, the non-heroic stuff that the Enterprise always does. Okay. Um, then the Doctor on that ship is called Doctor Ta'ana. Mm-hmm. This is Doctor Ta'ana. Let's have a look. It's a... She is it, a... She's a Katian. It's your favourite animal again. It's a cat, yeah. Oh, for fuck's sake. I was just accusing James of being a furry in our last episode. She was, yes. You can check in on fanfics and chill for more of the furry allegations. I'm not a furry. I have no problem with furries, but... Some of my best friends are furries. Come on, keep Yeah, like like Grace. I'm not a furry. (laughs) You've been deflecting quite heavily, and you do keep drawing cats. For you, I draw them for you. Well, you can draw something else for me if you like. To be fair, James, you're the one that keeps telling Grace to get into furry art because she'd make a fortune. She'd make bank. And only <laughs> how much she'd money furry artists make. <laughs> it's not worth it. Uh. To be fair, if I could draw, that's what I would like to do because. Oh, what the fuck, James? I'd be morally <laughs> bankrupt, but like I'd be rich. So I just posted a still from one of the episodes. Uh, Dr. Tana is in a relationship with uh, Shax, the head of security. Okay. So that that's them doing their thing. I see. They are they are quite loud. <laughs> <laughs> it, that's a plot point in one of the episodes. Right, I see. So, yeah. That's horrible. <laughs> that is horrible. <laughs> You're welcome. And welcome to the shipping forecast. I don't uh, feel welcomed and I work here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've welcomed you all the same. I'm James, joining me is Grace. Hello. And Nick. Hello. And we're going to be talking about Star Trek today. Yep. I another, finally won. Another big topic for a big season. I. It wasn't even my idea either. Nick suggested at the end we should do Star Trek. And being a big Trekkie, I just went, yes. And <laughs> Grace. Sadly, Grace got outvoted. Yeah. Yeah. But one day, one day we'll do something that she likes. Yeah, probably the, in the uh, the next cycle that we do, the next sort of arc. Yeah, next year it'll be all the things Grace wants. Shut up. <laughs> I won't be here this like year. Like Garfield. <laughs> you like Garfield, not me. I don't like Garfield. Why am I always drawing it on your stuff then? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. To be fair. I wish you'd stop. <laughs> to be fair, Grace, that is on you. <laughs> Nick, you just keep doing Nick, it. That was the joke. <laughs> it's really funny. Oh. Just, just humour me for once. <laughs> it is, however, really fucking funny, and I don't particularly it's, want you. It's to weird stop. that you're trying to force me into being a Garfield fan. <laughs> and I wish I hadn't said something because now you're going to double down on it, and everything yep. I get's going to be Garfield themed. Well, it's because years ago you introduced me to this page of like cursed Garfield shit, and you said, "You know, there's nothing that freaks oh. me out more than cursed Garfield." And I just thought, <laughs> "That would be, I'm sorry, John." Mm. 
I with... think I know what I'm sorry, John you've, is. You've seen I'm sorry, John. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. It's all the comments like the bullets don't work, John. There was that and there was also Garfield without Garfield. Oh, those are funny though. Which yeah, they are, but they just make John look like this fucking manic depressive mm-hmm. basement dweller who lives on his own and isn't yeah. really having a very good time. They are quite funny. So how are we all before we get into Star Trek? Yes. <laughs> Grace is feeling yes. Grace is feeling. That's a that's a I'm, good thing. I'm glad Grace is feeling. That's progress. I'm not feeling, I'm just yes. Okay. You know what? <laughs> I'm just going to jump into talking about Star Trek characters because there's a lot of them and uh, you guys can weigh in and derail it as you see fit. Okay. That's a very dangerous thing you just said. I know it is. But let's see. Let's how start this from goes. the beginning as I post pairs we're likely to see. You both know these two, I hope. Uh, maybe? Nah, never seen them. Okay, Grace, who do you think they are? Uh, Legolas and that <laughs> other guy. <laughs> Legolas and the other guy. <laughs> Aragorn? Maybe. I know Gimli? the one with the pointy ears is Legolas. That's Spock. Alright, who's the other guy? Captain Kirk. Never heard of him. Uh, one was a captain of the Enterprise, and the other has essentially turned into Space Jesus at this point. But, has he? Yeah, like he's he's done a lot of big things in the Star Trek canon. Right. Okay. He he brought peace between the Klingons and the Federation. Thanks to the J.J. Abrams films, he tried to save Romulus being blown up, and it didn't work. But the important thing is he tried. But the important thing is he tried. Hmm. There's so much shipping of these two. These are the original ship. Well, shipping as we know it started with these two. Yeah, I can kind of see it. I'm kind of a casual fan of mm-hmm. uh, Star Trek in that I won't actively like sit down and watch show after show after show. But like, um, mm-hmm. if I see like something, if I got anything to watch, I can like dip into it on Netflix and watch some of the original series. It's like mm-hmm. it's quite comfy viewing. Yes, it is. Yeah, especially classic Trek. Yeah, classic Trek. It's it it is quite comfy viewing. You know how the characters mm-hmm. are going to behave. It's very. Yeah. Monster of the Week, almost, in its form. On a slow day at work, I've often put Star Trek on in the mm. background. Yeah, it's just nice to listen to. And it, it can be quite fun. It's The 60s one, has been, it's somewhat dated mm. in, in terms of sexism and things like that. Yes. But it was incredibly progressive for its time. Well, yeah. It's worth holding up for that. I, I just want to drop my favourite screenshot from an episode I saw as I was watching it at work. It's Captain Kirk... <laughs> With the bisexual flag behind him, <laughs> and the subtitle of "Are there men on this planet?" Please, anyone. <laughs> I do like that screenshot. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, this was just him asking for someone in charge. Oh, that's a pity. They were being attacked by this woman, and who could kill people whenever she touches them. And he wa- he wanted to speak to the manager, essentially. Are there any blokes here I can talk So he to? was asking, excuse me, miss, are there any men I can talk to who would be in charge? Where's the man in charge? Yeah, uh, unfortunately, deeply sexist. But it's come full circle, because they made the sky on that planet the bisexual pride flag. <laughs> and, like, decades before that flag was made a thing... So now it's now it just endorses the ship 
and I think that's quite funny. Yeah, somebody in the design of those flags knew what they were doing. Looked up at just the right moment during a Star Trek episode and was like, aha! Yeah, it's like, right. <laughs> that's how we we're going to do happen. this. Yeah. We're going to see a lot of them. I can tell you that now. Yeah. That is my prediction. Um, who else do I suspect, suspect will be popular? I've got a whole bunch of photos just open and ready, and I just don't know who to talk about first. There was the, the lizard man and the twink. Lizard man and the twink. So that is that is Garrick and Bashir for those playing at home. That's them, yeah. Garrick is a Cardassian who are essentially the space equivalent of the British Empire. Hmm. And Gar and Bashir is a British twink. Or he was at the time. I've seen so much going around of them being kind of Is the term baby girl? I'm too old for this shit. What? <laughs> 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 I've never heard you say that before, James. <laughs> well, here you are. Um, Save that for later, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's... I've, I've showed you guys their first meeting. It's on YouTube. People have kind of added captions to it, trying mm. to show Bashir's in a monologue of just sheer panic. Um, How do I describe them? Bashir is like this up-and-coming, young, arrogant medical officer... Who could have had any any posting in, in the fleet, but he chose Deep Space Nine because he wanted rustic frontier medicine. Like he, he was the hipster gap year before that became a thing. Oh wow! Okay. <laughs> um, Garrick is a spy. Pretty much everything we know about him from the show is a lie. Like he deliberately contradicts himself at every step of the way. All we know is he runs a tailor shop, and he has the highest level security on Cardassia. Okay. Oh, and he just keeps people guessing. Yeah. Yeah. He's everywhere and nowhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they're kind of cute together, not gonna lie. <laughs> I endorse this ship. I don't think there's anyone else I prefer for Bashir. Okay, fair enough. Incidentally, I might as well show you. The same writers had different ideas of who would be popular. I'll just post them for the sake of it. So we have here Seven of Nine and T'Pol. And Star Trek fans will know what I'm talking about here. Uh, I know who Seven is. Yeah, they yeah. were deliberately put into like the skimpy outfits and given stupid plot reasons to constantly wear cat suits. <laughs> um, <laughs> Seven of Nines is she used to be a Borg, so she used to be like half robot, and they were making her back into being a human. And for some reason, that meant she had to wear a cat suit. Uh, keep all the organs in. In the right yeah, place. it was like to help her body recover. Yeah. And the only outfit that would work for that is a skimpy cat suit. It's not like a full body uh compression. Yeah, suit. like you can see the corset there and everything. Like it's all it's all held together. <laughs> to Paul that that's just what the, the Vulcans wore back then. They didn't even put much effort into that one. <laughs> like she was a Vulcan assigned to the NX01, the first ship. That humans sent out. Okay. So her uniform was a skimpy cat suit. Well, yeah, because of course. And that that's just what the super logical people thought was a good outfit for people to wear. Well, I mean, low maintenance keeps everything from jiggling about. Um <laughs> I don't think it did. <laughs> good for <laughs> good for scrapping, maybe? I don't fucking know. I'm not a Vulcan. No, it's it's dumb and half assed. <laughs> and ironically, Every time these two wore an actual uniform, they looked a lot more attractive and comfortable in that. <laughs> so, it was a complete waste of time. Excellent. Brilliant. So, that's who 
the fan that's who the writers wanted people to be all in on and but instead we got garrick yeah people just weren't yeah and also these two who i'll drop a brief mention of uh so this is odo and quark i love them so odo is the one with the face stuff there going on yeah, yeah. Uh, quark's got the big ears okay one is the policeman on the space station uh quark runs a bar and is very sketchy and illegal. Hang on a second. These are ringing a very faint bell. I thought they might. So, yeah. these two. You'll know them, Nick, because they've both had very prominent voice roles in video games after DS9. Very similar characters, as I recall, as well. So, Quark with the big ears, uh, he voiced Andrew Ryan. Yeah. And Odo, shapeshifter, he voiced uh, Mr. House from Fallout New Vegas. Robert Edwin House, yes. So, yeah, they both went on to do all that kind of thing. It is weird how they... They were in kind of the same show, and then mm -hmm. they ended up doing... Like, playing very similar characters. I mean, I think a lot of that is just that there's a lot of Trekkies in the video game industry. <laughs> yeah, probably. It is like one of those weird coincidences, but yeah. Mm. Like, fr from the same show as well. Yeah. No, it... It makes sense. Yeah. And there's, I suspect we'll see a lot of shipping of these two. Though, personally, I prefer Odo with uh, Kira. Who okay. Is, uh, she's the space station's feisty tomboy trope. And they've got quite a good dynamic together. Right. I see. Big fan of Odo and Kira. Hmm. Um, we've had, since we last talked about Star Trek, since you last humored me, We've had a new live-action captain. Okay. Uh, who I've seen the fandom called the Space Dilf, and uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll just post a picture. Uh, yeah, I can see it. Yeah, I can see it too. He's a very yeah. charismatic man. Big dad energy. Yeah, yeah. that is Captain... I would motorboat him. <laughs> <laughs> Respectfully. Valid. <laughs> he's just a himbo by the looks of it, isn't he? He's a fucking space himbo, and he's built like one too. Nice. <laughs> so Captain Pike, he is he commanded the Enterprise before Kirk. Mm -hmm. He was the OG captain. He was in the prequel, sorry, not the the pilot show as well. Like in the first ever Star Trek episode, it was Pike, and then they couldn't get the actor back, so they made up Captain Kirk. Oh shit! Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure that Kirk goes to visit Pike after he's been horribly disabled. Yes. Yeah. Oh, let me find the picture of that. Yeah. Yeah, he's got uh, this whole like uh, this whole like Davros chair going on yeah. to keep him alive. Yes. So the only thing we knew about Pike before this series was that he eventually gets into this horrific accident and ends up looking like this. Yeah, that's him. Oh. So that was the only other portrayal of Pike. Now, in the Pike show, he gets a glimpse of his own future, and he sees himself like this. Oh, shit. So there's a lot of him coming to terms with his future, because he knows the future can't be changed. Mm. In fact, there's one episode where he does try and change the future, and it, everything is made worse, and he gets a visit from himself saying, don't do that, mate. Just, you're just going to have to fucking accept it. Shit, what a, what a burden for a guy to carry. Exactly. Yeah. Strange New Worlds is really good. Like... <laughs> I didn't expect much from prequels or even the new Star Trek, but they've, they've done a fantastic job with Pike. Yeah, it, it sounds... Big it. fan. And I suspect we'll see a lot of Space Dilf in <laughs> at least newer Risings, because he was very much like a minor character before this. Is uh, is that what we're calling him then, Space Dilf? We may as well. It, yeah. 
Captain Space Dilf. He he has a relationship going. I can't even remember that captain's name. She's shown up in a couple of episodes. Okay. I suspect we'll see him more with... Oh, maybe with Spock. Maybe we'll see, like, love triangle shit. Yeah, possibly. Because Spock's on his Enterprise. Uh, but who knows? Ooh. Yeah, let's let's just go into the char- characters in uh, Strange New Worlds. Well, I suppose that'll be the one that's most uh, fresh in people's memories. I think so. I suspect Grace is going to hate this one. <laughs> okay. Because she's she's everything Grace hates in a character. Okay. So this is Lan, the uh, head of security on Pike's Enterprise. What's wrong with her? Um, she's she's strong and independent, and her full name is Lan Noonien Singh. Now, for Trekkies, you'll realize she is a direct descendant of Khan Noonien Singh. The big bad from the Wrath of Khan. <laughs> Shit, okay. they've, they've changed one letter of his name. They have. Well, it, it's spelled differently. <laughs> Nick was almost <laughs> onto something. Kind of mad. But yes, they kind of have, haven't they? They rhymed it. Khan? No. One letter afterwards. Lan Nudian Singh. Yeah. Uh, so that makes her augmented, because Khan was a superhuman. Okay. Okay. So, she, so she's got a bit of that going on, which makes her kind of strong and stuff. But she was also kidnapped by the Gorn as a baby. Now, the Gorn are the other bastard reptiles that aren't the Cardassians. There's a lot of lore here. I apologise. Alright, so are you cutting this down into that she is a Mary Sue? A little bit, yeah. (laughs) Okay. Which is ironic, because Star Trek invented Mary Sue as well. Yes, they did. I remember you telling me about this. Yeah. Yeah, it came from a fan comic that was satiring... Because fanfic in the 60s would always add like an extra special character who would hang out on the Enterprise and would be super cool. Yeah, super cool, super competent, everything they did. Yeah. And Mary Sue was uh, one of them. So it was like a parody of that. Like, ah, yes, Mary Sue, who then saves the Enterprise, but tragically dies and everyone has like a special party in remembering her on her birthday. <laughs> it, it's really silly. I think I have read the original uh, Mary Sue fanfic. Yeah, yeah, you it's, said, you it's sent out me there. At, uh, at one point. I think it's on Wikipedia. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, we'll probably see a bit of them. I personally... So this is the character I want to see most of. They are one of my favourites from DS9. And honestly, he, he has... Every, on paper, he is everything that fandom loves. His name is Guldacat. On paper. Yeah. I don't know if we'll actually see him, because you've got to do a little bit of digging to see him. Okay. But he's, he's the main villain of Deep Space Nine. God, he looks it. He is an, he's an absolute bastard, <laughs> but he's a charismatic bastard. He he does have the whole sort of uh, Scorpius from Farscape thing going on. Oh, he's he's a him him and Scorpius will get on very well. Yeah, like he used to be the commander of Deep Space Nine back when it was under Cardassian control, and he wants it back, and eventually he becomes essentially Hitler in the Cardassian <laughs> world. He climbs to like high up governments. And then he's briefly a freedom fighter, and then he makes a pact with Satan. It's wild. That... His character arc goes places. Yeah, it sounds like it does. And the entire way through, he's convinced he's the main character of his show. <laughs> he's convinced he's the hero, and is and has done nothing wrong. I see. And it's great. Yeah. He even disguises himself as like a more humanoid person to bang the Pope of Bejor, it's it's something else. <laughs> like, just watch DS9. I think this is my takeaway for anything Star Trek related. Yeah, it, it sounds wild. 
Yeah, it's got the best characters out of mm. Star Trek. It's got all the fun ones that hang out like, together. To my understanding, uh, Deep Space Nine, it's a space station, isn't it? Yeah. All the Star Treks that came before, it was all about sort of like boldly going where humanity has never gone before. Mm-hmm. But Deep Space Nine is just boldly going nowhere, so have yeah. they had to sort of like ramp up the plot to make up for that? It's boldly staying where you are and focusing on character development. Yes. <laughs> yeah, this is it. And and that's half the fun. Oh, okay. And how you end up with all these goofy people. Yeah. Like Space Bastard Goldicart. <laughs> who specifically has a thing for MILFs as well, which is part of why I why I admire him. Why you identify character. with him as a yeah. villain. Like he there's an episode where he calls up Kira Narice just so, just to tell her that at some point he slept with her mum. <laughs> like he looked into the records, turns out one of the concubines he had when he was in charge of the space station happened to be her mum. And he calls her from across the galaxy to talk, and they just chat shit, and then at the end he's like, oh, by the way, banged your mum. Hang up. That's so fucking high school, it's unbelievable. And then, he ha- then the whole episode is her looking into it and going, oh my god, my <laughs> mum had sex with Goldicar. <laughs> no. <laughs> he's that kind of villain. And wow, okay. That's what makes him wonderful. <laughs> so. I see. I hope the fandom has latched onto Goldicart and just put him in more situations. Yeah. Because that would be fun. Last thing I'm looking for that I kind of want Grace to weigh in on this. I talked to Nick about this while you were away, Grace. Hmm. Are you familiar with Captain Janeway? No. Okay. I. So out of all the captains, Janeway is the one most associated with war crimes. Okay. Like, her whole thing is... Her ship, Star Trek Voyager. Voyager gets lost on the far side of space. They're cut off from all their friends, and they've got to get home. And she was the first female captain, and ice cold. Okay. You'd li- you'd like Janeway, Grace, by the sounds of things. I th- I think she would. <laughs> let let me just go walk through one of Janeway's most infamous episodes. Uh, it's called Tuvix. So a bit of background. Here are two characters. On the left, we have Neelix, who is the ship's chef. He's kind of the happy-go-lucky... He's meant to be the emotional core of the show, but effectively he is the Jar Jar Binks of Star Trek. Mm -hmm. Okay. And on the right, we have Tuvok. He is the head of security, and he is a Vulcan, which means he doesn't have any emotions, or he suppresses his emotions. Cold and stoic. And at one point, there is a catastrophic accident with the transporter. And they get combined into Tuvix. Okay. They just get blended into the same person. Okay. There is a way to bring back Neelix and Tuvok. You can reverse this transporter problem, but it will kill Tuvix. And Tuvix doesn't want to die. So it's essentially a trolley problem. Do you kill one to save two? Yeah, what are you doing, Grace? I think it's pretty obvious I'm putting them back the way they were. You're killing- yeah, that's exactly what Janeway did. (laughs) <laughs> she marches him to the transporter and just boom you're gone. saving the baby of the mother guys the mother yeah. had a life before this fuck and the, mo- the mother in this out. case is two two separate people it's two separate people one of whom is your best friend and head of security well yeah i'm definitely gonna prioritize over some yeah baby. yeah it, 
I don't know. Some people describe her as a monster for killing someone who does not want to die. Well, the two didn't want to die either. They essentially yeah. became someone else altogether. So they, you know. I actually can't remember what they say to her at the end. Like if they thank her Thanks. or anything. <laughs> I, I can't remember. I'll have to go back and watch it. But yeah, that's one of the many moral dilemmas of Star Trek, is the two Vicks. It is interesting that you picked exactly what Captain Murder did, Grace. Yeah. Captain, <laughs> shut up. She's absolutely Captain Murder. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, let's. Alright, putting it pragmatically, mm-hmm. you have two jobs. Head of security, you have the cook. Mm-hmm. He can't be in two places at once to do his roles. He's either in the kitchen or stamping out crime. He can't do both. <laughs> Or can he? Not in one body. <laughs> no, I suppose not. <laughs> well, someone right, else could learn to cook. There's a fight on deck two. You go down there, but now you got to run back up to the kitchen, and the and the and the chicken soup's ruined. You know what I mean? <laughs> like everyone's got to eat that. <laughs> it's just not practical. You make a compelling argument. Yeah, you've gone for gone for practicality. That's mm-hmm. something I didn't think I'd hear out of this, but there we go. Captains have to make the important decisions, even if they're shit. I thought you'd like right. Janeway. I expect we'll see two Vix memes because th- this is a pop. This is a popular one in the fandom mm. of okay. like him being of Janeway being a murderer, and even if she did it for the right reasons, <laughs> I think that's Janeway in a nutshell. Does a lot of horrible things. Did all of them for the right reasons. Yeah. Captain War Crimes. I'll see who I... I'm just going to walk through the captains and summarise them like that. In no particular order. I'm pretty sure lots of other captains have had this mo- have had moral dilemmas like this. Oh, all of them do. It's just and the that's... two Vix ones famous. Right. So she's not known for being cold just because she's a female captain. No, no, she's she's known for being cold because she does the most war crimes out of all of them. Oh, it's a tally. Yeah. <laughs> out of the tally, she's she's the one who calls for the full spread of photon torpedoes the most times. <laughs> this is the sit down gun. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Close your mouth. <laughs> Fucking love that. Yeah. Out of all the people who fucked around. The most who found out were mm-hmm. on Janeway's watch. Yes. There's even <laughs> one of the season finales for Janeway was her... Um, they get given a mystery ship called the Dauntless. Oh, yeah. And it turns out it was actually the last survivor of his race was wiped out because Janeway made a pact with the Borg, which led the Borg to destroy the, his entire species. And this was his chance at revenge... For his entire people being wiped out because of Janeway. Does she kill him as well? She kills him as well and takes the ship, and that's how they have quantum <laughs> slipstream technology by the next season. Yay! <laughs> In fact, the finale of, ja- of Janeway series, and Voyager Endgame, funnily enough, um, it's her going back in time to give their ship a shortcut home. So... Voyager stranded in the Delta Quadrant, as, as I've said. Timeline 1, they take 70 years to get home, um, and that's that's a long time. They're old, and one of them dies. So she's like, fuck it. I'm breaking the laws of time. I'm going back 
I'm giving them super weapons so they can just skip 70 years. <laughs> That's the kind of woman Janeway is. And I kind of respect that. Yeah, I um, I do need to get around to watching Voyager. It's got some goofy ones, but it's it's alright. Yeah. Uh, other captains. I was actually going to go in chronological order, so at first we got Archer, who I once saw described as he's built like a himbo and should be a badass action hero, but he's got the demeanor of the politest man alive. <laughs> and would would apologize to a door if he bumped into a door. I see. Hi. And he's just a sweetheart. He's the first captain of the Enterprise, of mm. an Enterprise going into space. And first one I watched as it was airing as well. So oh, okay. Got a soft spot for him. Next up in chronological audio, we've got Pike. We've talked about the space stealth. Yep. Uh, then it's Kirk, who is in the top three horniest beings alive. <laughs> uh, Kirk was uh, Kirk was my captain. Oh, for God's sake! He, he he got around in more ways than one. Uh, further down, D- do you guys know who's next in the chronological order? No. Is it Picard? It's Picard. Ah. Paddy Stew himself. Yep. He is incredibly by the books and is like the most law-abiding out of all of the captains. Hmm. Mainly because he's got Riker next to him, who does all the space horny bastard stuff. <laughs> so that so that Picard can just sit there and be Shakespearean. So he could be Kirk. He's just delegated. Yeah, he's he delegated yeah. his Kirkdom. I have more pressing uh, matters. You, you be horny on my behalf. You could be horny on my behalf. <laughs> get down there and shag anything down there. Get down and get down. Exactly. <laughs> we've got Captain Girlboss herself, Janeway. Yep. Who we've we've covered as being a stone cold badass, and finally, I think finally, uh, you are missing lower decks, are you? Oh yeah, I actually can't remember that captain's name, but I'll get to that. Uh, captain Freeman's her. Captain Cisco, who the second most war crimes out of all of the Star Trek captains. Hmm. Though he's one of the few that has bombed a civilian planet, so I guess he's probably worse. But eh, he's cool. <laughs> And kind of space Jesus. Another space Jesus. Oh, he's literal space Jesus. Oh, okay. There's a wormhole alien that loves him. Just go watch DS9. It's so convoluted, I can't get into it. <laughs> right, I see. And thank you for reminding me, Captain Freeman from Lower Decks. Okay. Lower Decks, it's very much like they're trying to emulate Archer and... To a lesser extent, Rick and Morty. Yeah, I was going to say, that that was what the animation style kind of reminds me of. And yeah. I have seen, I have seen a, a couple of clips, and that's what the humour kind of reminds me of as well. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah. Not in a terrible way. Like, uh, it was Rick and Morty before all the... Uh, the fans. The, the weird, rabid fans got, yeah, got hold okay. of it. Okay, I see. You know. So, yeah. full disclosure, I've not seen Rick and Morty. But when I heard Star Trek was importing some Rick and Morty writers and getting, doing it in that same art style, I was fully prepared to hate Lower Decks. Yeah. I didn't. It's wonderful. Rick and Morty's alright. I don't understand. Like, if you stay away from the community, it's fine. I don't understand the issue. Yeah. (laughs) That's the thing. I've. (laughs) I just. I saw the community. Before I saw Rick and Morty, and now I can't watch Rick and Morty. Yeah, this is the thing. It's fine. It does just have legions of rabid fans who totally missed the fucking point. Yeah. Uh, 
Like, Rick is one of those characters who you're not supposed to idolise, but people do. What? People idolise Rick? I've seen people idolise him. Yes. Yeah. It's like, are these the same people that idolise Deadpool for different reasons? Yes. <laughs> I think there's a lot of overlap there. Rick is supposed to be this super smart being um, who can have anything he wants, but the point of him is he's still deeply unhappy. And flawed. <laughs> And flawed, yeah, massively mm. flawed. But everybody just say, just looks and sees, oh, he's a badass, he can do what he wants, rise above, focus on science, that sort of thing. They don't see the... He's desperately lonely and, yeah. Um, and then he turned himself into a pickle. Oh, God, that was... Oh, that was great. <laughs> funniest shit I've ever seen. No, it wasn't. <laughs> it's one of the worst episodes. No, it's, it's awful, yeah. <laughs> I, I like Rick and Morty, but that came out and it was like, what the fuck? What the fuck happened? It was just stupid. <laughs> yeah. But that's why I enjoyed yeah. it. Because I don't read very far into fucking Rick and Morty. <laughs> I'm not interested in, Probably for the, in best. the psyche of these fucking cartoons. <laughs> well, unfortunately, sometimes you just see shit online. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. True. That. Okay. Any questions about Star Trek? I'll ask as I go. Because I can probably answer them. I don't know what to ask, so I will ask as I go. That's fine. Shall we jump into it then? Yes. Okay. Wait, wait. What? Engage. Oh, Lord. Sorry. Strength. <laughs> Be a long Come with us now on a journey through time and space. No way, that's wrong. the wrong show. That's what is that show? <laughs> That's that's actually the mighty boosh. Oh, that sounds that sounds like Poundland Twilight Zone. No, that is actually the mighty boosh, which is probably the deepest cut you'll hear me make all night. Okay. So. Right here. Funny enough, I was talking to so there's at my work a lot of my colleagues are in America. And one of them told me the Mighty Boosh it was one of the best comedies ever made, and that surprised me. I've seen it, and it's fucking shit. Really? <laughs> so, it also turned out Michelin Webb did not air in the States, at least near them. That explains why they think... That weren't particularly good either. What? Michelin Webb was great. Michelin Webb is the pinnacle of British comedy. No, it's fucking not. What is, then? <laughs> Only fools and horses. <laughs> what? I mean, what do you mean? What? It's an institution. Okay, Grace, you no longer have a claim on. Uh, no, Mitchell and Webb. Nick is being the boring. old man. Mitchell and Webb was great. Are we talking about Peep Show, Mitchell and Webb? Yeah. That's fucking. Oh, and that's a bad miss. Not Peep Show itself, it but that Mitchell and Webb look. Oh, I didn't like Peep Show. I was Mitchell and Webb. Look, Peep was Show was shit. That Mitchell and Webb look was good. That was alright. Yeah, yeah, there yeah, we yeah. go. I'm mm. glad we agree because fucking oh when I when you I said didn't that like I thought show. you meant Peep Show and I just went what no the no no fuck? no <laughs> no Peep Show it it's too cringe I couldn't do it yeah dire <laughs> but the sketch show Mitchell and Webb yeah I love Poro in that yeah that was Tom Notch <laughs> yeah <laughs> I love Number Wang. <laughs> Right. Um, and anyway, you are both wrong because the pinnacle of British comedy was, of course, Monty Python. Nope. Yeah. Debatable. It it just they're like the Beatles. It's the default opinion. It no, which it, makes it the worst opinion. It's the default opinion because it's the the correct one. 
Grace, I have good news for you. I can't believe no one likes Only Fools and Horses. What the fuck? It's brilliant. I do like Only Fools and Horses. Oh, good. It is brilliant. It's just not the pinnacle of British comedy. We're going to take a brief tangent away from Star Trek. You'll be relieved to hear, Grace. Yeah, because we're arguing about British comedies. Yep. <laughs> so, I want us to start with the fic The Speed of Number Wang by Warner Hedgehog. The- oh, fuck off. <laughs> the Speed of Number Wang. Our number knowledge is constantly evolving at the reported evolve. Hang on. Our number knowledge is constantly evolving, as this report dutifully tells, or does it? Oh my god! Stop. Uh, Stop. <laughs> I'm not going to read all of this because it's just a long thing. <laughs> <laughs> this is I I. <laughs> it's just a number one episode. <laughs> <laughs> I want to read this. Yep. Same. <laughs> I might write to this author. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd like to read this. I've also got Wang Side Story by the same author. Wang Side Story. Yes. <laughs> A tale of someone who wanted to become Number Wang itself. <laughs> it's written in the same format. I think we're just going to have to ask this author if we can do a special on all of their Number Wang themed... <laughs> Oh, yes, please. Okay, I'll look into that. Right, Star Trek, let's do this. Yeah, we better head, haven't we? So we can boldly go where no one has gone before. To AO3. Okay, let's have a look. I quite fancy some crack, since it's our first day back. Oh, absolutely. Crack treated. Seriously. I'm going to stick to DS9 for a bit, just because I'm, I'm in that DS9 mood. Okay. I kind of want to find you guys that one Tumblr post. Okay, I'm going to read you this Tumblr post briefly, because it was easy, easy to find. Hello, and welcome to Deep Space Nine. We're a space station, not a starship, so you'll be spending a lot of time with these delightful side characters. Like, bisexual fashion lizard, hologram of, hologram of Frank Sinatra, goblins. Goblin comes in three varieties, bartender, nephew, and idiot. Our doctor is a twink, our commander is Antifa, and the captain talks to God sometimes. Our policeman is sometimes a liquid, and the science lady is part worm. We have many fine storylines, such as Goblin does a crime, Watch the Irishman suffer, or The Horrors of War. (laughs) As you stroll along our promenade enjoying a Ractagino, or delicious, delicious jumja stick, watch out for our nefarious villains. Pope Karen, clones of Jeffrey Coombs, and a horny bastard reptile man who seems convinced it's actually his show. We suspect he was possessed by demons. Have fun. Deep Space Nine, now with Worf. Excellent. Very good. Thank you. Not something I wrote. No, we know, because it was good. (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) I probably should have led with that, because bisexual fashion lizard is a great way to describe Garak. It is. And you know, I don't know characters, but I knew it was him. <laughs> well, <laughs> he is the fashion lizard. How there's 8,000 words here of Kirk teaching Spock how to swim. Oh, that sounds nice. Like, yeah, it, it, I'll share it. Do it. So this is uh, Sink or Swim in brackets into my heart by one underscore of underscore three. And the additional tags are swimming, swimming pools, developing relationship... Feelings realization, mutual pining, light angst, mild hurt comfort, burns ships them, 
So there you go. Damn right he does. <laughs> Friends to lovers, first kiss, first time, crack treated seriously. I'll just read the summary. Spock never learned how to swim, but the Federation just implemented new standards. He's going to have to learn fast or sink. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, Kirk offers to teach him in his free time. I wouldn't be against some kind of incident happening, like almost drowning, because I can't help wanting a sprinkle of angst. Oh. So, yeah, this is... Wow, I see. Mm. Wow, I see. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> to be fair... To be fair, Vulcan is a desert planet. So, yeah, Cole Spock... no reason he would yeah. know how to swim. Yeah, Cole Spock wouldn't know how to swim. Yeah. He lives in the desert. Apparently, mm-hmm. according Ooh. to Bones, swimming's not something you can learn from a book, and if you do it wrong, you might drown. Yeah, he's not wrong. Yeah, he's not wrong. Okay, once again, I'm posting not a fic. This is called... Speculative Cardassian Reproductive Xenobiology by Tin Snip. Okay. Is it's this... not a fic. It's just a Q&A on what they think Cardassian sex is like. Oh. Wow. <laughs> oh, I see. Okay. 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 Yep. okay. How can I tell if my Cardassian is aroused? By JSB intrepid researcher. Julian something Bashir, presumably. <laughs> <laughs> so, just hang on a minute. Why is it written as if... Um... As if the Cardassian is kind of like you own the Cardassian. Yeah. I think it means I, like your partner or I would your assume lover, so. Your your mate. Yeah. <laughs> it it's written from the perspective of it's being given to humans who want to bang a lizard. Specifically a Cardassian lizard. I see. And not a member of the Gorn. What's Bashir's name again? Julian Bashir. Is there an S in there somewhere? I don't actually know. I bet there is. Let's find out. Hmm. Julian Subatoy Bashir. Oh, it's 100% Bashir. <laughs> it's absolutely Bashir. Yeah, it's Bashir. God, they've uh, they've gone into this. Yeah. Yeah, my Cardassian is a male. Congratulations. <laughs> if you're looking for testicles, you won't find them. Cardassian <laughs> males keep them tucked up inside the abdominal cavity, just like the ovaries of a female. James, is this canon? No. <laughs> <laughs> there is only one sexual anatomy thing in Star Trek that is canon, and that's that Klingons have two dicks. Go on, Klingons. I mean, I mean, what a thing to be canon. There's a scene where they're peeing at a urinal, and there's a Klingon, and he's. There are two streams. You can see two streams coming out. So yeah, Klingons have two. I see. They have two something. We assume dicks. Yeah. I mean, Klingons have two everything. That's the whole thing. They've got redundant everything. Because they, they were raised as like a warrior species. Oh, so in case something goes missing, they've got another one just in yeah. case. It's sort of implied in canon that Klingons didn't evolve normally because they, they talk about their gods having come from other planets and like grown them up to be mighty warriors. And then at some point they killed their gods. Right. So it's kind of implied they were like a genetically raised warrior species that rebelled and killed their gods and got all their technology from them. Oh, okay. Which I, I think is cool. I do like how the uh, the last line of this fic is, now if you'll excuse me, I have to go ask myself about my life choices. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad they did it. Yeah. On a... <laughs> me too. That's, yeah, Someone's that's, re- got that's to something map else. Cardassian mating. <laughs> <laughs> and we found just the person to do it. How are you getting on, Grace? I don't know why, but I'm reading the um, the Cardassian thing. I was like, what the <laughs> fuck? They've gone into this. <laughs> it's drawn you in. It, 
Yeah, but it's just like crikey. Right, I'm getting out of this. <laughs> I'm off. Uh, in time for me to post Julian gets railed, an art gif. By Etterberry underscore T. Right, let's have a look at that. Yeah, there you go. Oh, there it is. Oh, for the love of, let loose already and give it to me. Bite me, scratch me, shove yourself inside me. Enough of this, enough of your blasted chivalry already. (laughs) Garrick bites down hard. (laughs) Bye. There was no room for sadness or insecurity or thoughts for that matter. Garrick had displaced it all with his massive slimy phallus. (laughs) Good to know. Go on, Gareth. <laughs> <laughs> there I should it is. say, just the breakdown of relationships in Deep Space Nine. Uh, we're pushing 6,000 in Bashir and Garak. In second place with 580 is Odo and Quark. Hmm. So, like, 10% difference. Or 90% reduction, you know what I mean. There's one here where it looks like Spock goes on a very odd recon mission. Okay, how odd? How odd are we talking? Well, I mean, I've never been in one of these, so I don't know. But this is Spock's Chuck E. Cheese recon mission by Dawn Dust. That doesn't sound normal. <laughs> yeah, Michael and Spock go to Chuck E. Cheese for an important Starfleet mission. Spock has a meat ugly. As opposed to a meat cute. Yeah, I guess it's the opposite of a meat cute. Apparently he meets a human child in the wild and is very perplexed. Uh, Oh, I can see that going down badly. Why are you crying? (laughs) (laughs) Crying is not logical. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) Human child, he ordered. Cease your crying. Based on the angle of impact and your short stature, there is less than a 0.7% chance that your fall injured you irreparably. Therefore, you have no reason to be this emotional. <laughs> God damn it, he's got a point. Like, <laughs> listen to reason, young one. <laughs> oh, this this looks wonderful. <laughs> Actually, I think they're at Chuck E. Cheese for uh, Spock's birthday. Oh, That's, that sounds right. Christ alive. <laughs> Incidentally, the most pop... You know Descartes, D- the villain I was on about? Hmm. The most popular slash for him is original female character. Oh boy. Okay. Yep. <laughs> There's a lot are... of people who saw Horny Bastard Reptile and were like, yes. Yes. Step on me, oh fascist. <laughs> oh boy. I found our flags means death crossover. Ooh. Our flag means Trek and it's Star Trek. Uh, hang on, it's by... Ed's Augustine Snake and it's Edward Teach and Israeli Hands and everyone and Steed Bonnet and all that, but it's in space. Ooh. Yes. It's, it's kind of like what happened with Treasure Planet and Treasure Island. Ah. They so went, literally ships with sails. They went to space. Oh, that's fantastic. Steed's gonna be a sexy Orion. Damn right he is. <laughs> <laughs> Let me have a so, look at this. Especially since we're not getting any more Our Flag Means Death after the second season. Oh yeah, it's been cancelled. Yeah, R.I.P. Mm. And there's sex pollen, so it's going to be good. Oh yeah. Oh, there will be with the Orions. So, the Orions came from the original 60s Star Trek. 
Okay. They were the sexy green ladies who would give off pheromones that would do mind control on men. Oh no. But the modern series has brought them back, but they've made it both genders can do that. Okay. So that there's Orion slave twinks as well. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, oh, to use their full title is the Orion Slave Girl, because they were, they're kind of traded for, it's it's very um, 1960s. Mm. Okay. But, yeah, to modernize that, they've added the Orion Slave Twink. I, I kind of like how they've, uh, rather than go, let's not objectify anybody, they've gone, let's objectify everybody. Let's do both. Yeah. <laughs> and they've just they've explored the Orion culture. It's all just pirate themed. It's quite nice. I, it Brilliant. makes sense that Steed is an Orion. Brilliant. I, I'm on board with that. The buttons Uber driver. The buttons Uber driver multiverse. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm curious about that. Yeah, I kind of want to. I kind of want to have on, a look at this. I know that there's there's a couple there's a couple of fakes with that. Yeah. So Buttons is just an Uber driver. <laughs> Taking them through different dimensions. Yeah. Go on, Buttons. <laughs> Good on you, Buttons. Have any of us watched season two yet? No, not yet. I want to, though. I've still not got around to it. We'll mm. all go to America and watch it. Oh, yeah. I forgot we have to <laughs> legally go to America to watch it. Yeah. Which yeah, we we'll will do, won't we? We, we? we won't just fucking pirate the thing. Nope. Pirate the show. Can't pirate a film about piracy. Piracy is a crime. Piracy yeah, is piracy crime. is a crime. Don't do piracy. You See it, say it sorted. <laughs> you wouldn't have a midlife crisis, steal a ship, and uh, fall in love with a mysterious feared pirate. Yeah. Or <laughs> Federation captain, me. in this case. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Talking of ships, I have here a fic. Okay. Which, you know, it speaks to me on many levels. It's called Paint and Powder by Andrew J. Talon. This is a reference to a quote of one Chest W. Nimitz. A ship is always referred to as she because it costs so much to keep one in paint and powder. Okay. Uh, this is an AU where everyone's ships have an A. I thought it was because it was full of semen. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> oh, <Possibly>. come on! <laughs> Short views of a universe where Starfleet vessels have AIs running their systems in the form of ship girls inspired by Azur oh. Lane. <laughs> the relationships are Captain James T. Kirk slash the USS Enterprise, Harry Kim slash the USS Voyager, Jake Sisko slash the USS Akagi, and Brad Boimler and Rune, which I'm not familiar with. Alright. What? Right. Oh, it's from Azur Lane, that's why. This has always uh, puzzled me. Okay. Why is there so many shows out there and like dating sims and stuff turning, turning machines into waifus? Because it's easy. Anthropomorphism um, has been popular in all its forms, whether it's animals, yeah. boats, trains, boats, and planes, tanks, tanks, um, trains. I'm pretty sure I've seen a train one somewhere. I've sent you so many train trains. <laughs> you have sent me a lot of trains. Yes. Um, we should probably do an Azur Lane episode at some point. Which one's that one? It's the one with the boats that are sexified waifus, <laughs> like the sexy World War Two era boats. Like, there's a sexy Bismarck. Biz yeah. There's a sexy Bismarck. <laughs> there's a sexy Enterprise. 
I sexy said. Yamato. Sexy Yamato. Yeah, that's the other big one in it. Yeah, all of them actually. They've they've gone through like Wikipedia and taken all World War Two battleships and turned them into a waifu. I Is see. there one with the razzle dazzle paint on? Oh, I hope so. Yeah, I hope so. Uh-huh. The, the dazzle camouflage is just insane. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. We're going to have to find it. So have we good. all seen that meme of Taylor Swift in the razzle-dazzle paint? No. No. Oh, God, hang on. It's weird finding out James just knows random idol <laughs> 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 shit. <laughs> I, I have seen the, um, the meme where she is uh, this eldritch horror, like, towering over everybody. Oh yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. Oh, I've not seen that one. So. Nick oh really? Have to do a Taylor it. Swift meme exchange. <laughs> Let me have a look. I'll see. Brief tangent. We'll we'll just see if yep. we can find this for you. Tangent for T Swizzle. I'll put these in weird memes we saw. As a reminder, you can join our Discord, and listen to us post shit in real time. No oh, Christ. Yeah, you don't know many. You don't know how many navy boats and <laughs> yeah. Oh shit! They've actually written my joke on the top. All right. <laughs> yes, they have. <laughs> yeah, Taylor Swift's dazzling camouflage, meant to break up her shape against the background, making it difficult for German U-boats to ascertain her speed, direction, or range. Oh wow! Okay. <laughs> yeah. I see. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'd have trouble trying to sink her. I'm just saying. <laughs> Look at it. It's a uh, turtleneck razzle-dazzle as well, I think. Yeah, it looks it. Oh, it's it's hard to tell. because Because of the camouflage. Okay, here it is. I found it. Um, right, there we go. I'll post it in the same place. There's the meme. Oh my Christ, that is frightening. Oh God. Yeah. That's worse than I remembered. She looks like she's played by Doug Jones. This is it. They've turned her into. I hope someone finds that funny out. I there. know who Doug Jones is. Good. <laughs> and he's in what we do in the shadows. He is sometimes in, not, not covered in, in freaky makeup. makeup. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's essentially the dude that does all the freaky makeup characters. If there's yeah. someone big and skinny, and they're covered in makeup, chances are it's Doug Jones in there. He I see. The, he was the amphibian in The Shape of Water. He was. He was, he was and the amphibian man. in Hellboy. Yeah. Two <laughs> separate sexy fishmen played by Guillermo del Toro. I wondered where I recognised that sexy fishman. Uh, well, he the gets same actor. He's in Star Trek too. What a shock! There's yeah. another sexy fishman. No. no. Well, he's no, he's not a fish in that. Hang on. He's playing himself. Is that what? <laughs> he's, he's just a normal guy <laughs> in that one. He's just a bloke. Uh, sadly not. Well, no, you're not going to hire Doug Jones and not get him to be a weird alien in your Star Trek, are you? Uh, well, yeah. Like it's it's his thing. He plays goofy guys with weird proportions because he's very tall and very skinny, so you can just stick prosthetics on him. I remember people saying that Lee Pace was everyone's dream, uh, to make clothes for on sets and things because he's got like apparently like the perfect frame for hanging oh. clothes on. Yes, he's majestic that. and he's tall and he's broad and it doesn't and like there's like, you got to think about how to like put clothing on people. <laughs> but Lee Pace just walks in and you can just throw anything at him and he wears it so well and they're all just gushing. <laughs> I can believe that he's a handsome dude. Oh, love of it, Lee. He Pace. was he's topless in Foundation, and walking through the desert. He looks good as an elf as well. Yeah. 
Legolas is dad. Exactly. He was really good in Foundation as well. He plays like the emperor of the galaxy and he's just hamming it up everywhere he goes. Go on, Lee. Yeah. <laughs> it's just him and the bloke from Chernobyl just being ham at each other. Okay, so I found a really curious tag here. Okay. Uh, what is the soulmate goose of enforcement? I Soulmate goose of enforcement. Yes. Excellent it question. feels like it should be a thing. What it does probably the author is. say it is? <laughs> right. So the summer, this is called Honk. It is a thing. And it's by I Only Come Here for the Gay. Okay. Um, like, the summary is everyone finds their soulmates differently, even stubborn people, but the two most stubborn people in the entire universe need both an expert and unconventional methods. The cavalry has opened a portal slash teleported. So, the soulmate goose, you know you know soulmate AUs, where there's something guiding you to your, oh your, l- your loved one, right? Okay. Oh, it is, Sometimes it's, it's a tattoo of, like, the first word you'll say to each other. Yeah. Soulmate Goose of Enforcement is there is a goose that will lead you to your person. Oh my god. In the well, same like, genre of Untitled Goose Game. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like being chased through corridors like you're on Shaggy yeah. and Scooby-Doo. Like one day, you're going to be chased by a goose and you'll be led towards the love of your life. The goose will chase you into the arms of the person you were destined to spend the rest of your life with. Yes. Now, I've never met a goose, but apparently they're really annoying and terrifying and not at all cute, but... <laughs> Would you like to know who these two people are, who are apparently soulmates? Spurk? No, it's, it's Burns and Scotty. Huh. Or Botty, as I'm going to call them. Hmm. No, I fucking kind of see it. <laughs> so, yeah, there you go. I don't know who else I'd shit bones with, to be fair. It's either Botty or Scones. I, th- I think I prefer Scones. Okay, we can go Scones. If you want to go to scones. I prefer scones. <laughs> ooh, ooh. I was waiting for that. Ha ha ha. You're welcome. Right. Okay, so let me just... Uh... It just hit me. I can find... I can use fan fiction for what it is meant to be. So there's a character in Strange New Worlds, the new one, called Erica Ortegas. Okay. She's the pilot. She's got a bit of a weird haircut. Hmm. We know nothing else about her. She's never had an episode focused on her. And it's criminal. Okay. So now okay. I'm going to use AO3 to read about Erica Ortegas. Finally oh, giving you're her the screen get... time that she deserves. Yeah, you're going to get the authors to write her backstory in. Yes. Because <laughs> fucking Spock and Chapel get all the screen time. And I feel like Ortegas deserves some. Yeah, this is... Oh, I was just, I'm just scanning all this, and yeah, it's literally a goose just coming in and fucking things up until they find each other. Uh, how many, f- hang on, oh, I'm just curious, how many, a fair few have the soulmate goose of enforcement. I, I can't believe this is a thing. This might need an episode of its own, to be honest. Yeah, they're using the untitled goose as a force for mm-hmm. good. Yep. <laughs> Just not peacefully. No. <laughs> Peace was never force it. Yeah. Forcing people to get together. Mm-hmm. I quite like that. Yeah, I quite like that. They just come out of nowhere. Where the fuck did this goose come from? Uh, Untitled <laughs> Goose Game, I guess. No, I mean in the thick. Oh right. <laughs> There's just a goose on the on the. Well, it's just where's it? Well, 
I mean, I've not read it properly, but like. I mean, you're in space. Sometimes there's a goose. Oh, um... I'm pretty sure that's not how it works. I I don't know. Some fucking weird shit happens in OG Star Trek. Yes. Okay. Like, at one point they run into President Lincoln. Yeah, because of course they do. Um, the god Apollo shows up as well at one point. The like, yeah, I I do remember them going to some strange places in yeah. uh, the original series. Yeah, he was on some decent many... background noise that it was. They tried a lot of drugs when they were writing in the sixties. <laughs> that explains a lot. Mm-hmm. Now. I thought I'd found a rare pair, but it turns out there's like 2,300 other people who think these two belong together. Who, uh, Bones and Scotty? No, uh, Spock and Uhura. Oh, yeah, that's a popular one. Okay, yeah. I uh, um... Mostly from the J.J. Abrams films, though. Right, okay. Because... I mean, it it is dwarfed compared to Spurk, obviously. I mean, was J.J. Abrams just too much of a coward to go for Spurk? So, there is an interview with J.J. Abrams. Oh, boy. Where he, he says the words, I, I have never watched any Star Trek. That explains it. Fair play. <laughs> he, he knew nothing about Star Trek going in. Yeah. He made two films. You can tell he knows nothing about Star Trek and maybe had a cursory glance at Wikipedia to get some names. And then, yeah. Good riddance. I'm glad he's not doing Star Trek anymore. Ah, right. So I'm guessing that they weren't good. I thought they were shit, to be honest. Yeah, because sometimes like people can go. They're in dumb not action anything... films, essentially. Like, right. There's some nice. There's some nice set pieces. It's not Star Trek. I see. Yeah. And like it's especially the second one. Like the more you think about it, the less sense it makes. Like my main criticism of it. The whole plot revolves around the Federation trying to trick the Klingons by doing a false flag attack so the Klingons go to war with the Federation so the Federation can justify a war against them so they can win and deal with the Klingons. That doesn't sound very Federation-y. It doesn't sound very, it doesn't sound very Klingon, because the thing about the Klingons is they're space Vikings. Like, their whole culture is built around dying. They want yeah. to die in battle. So if you want to start a war with the Klingons, all you have to do is say... Would you like to have a war? <laughs> and they'll say yes, and then you fight. You don't have to do all this kind of shadows and dark mystery spy stuff. You just go, you're right, lads. Want to fight? Yeah, go on then. Yeah, and they're like, yes, <laughs> and you and you're done. But no, there's all this sneaking around and resurrecting Khan for no reason. This, uh, yeah, that that does sound. No, they cast. Okay, let me just show you a picture of Khan from Wrath of Khan. It does, yeah, th this does sound uh, absolutely infuriating if you were a, like a hardcore fan of Star Trek. Yes. It's like, um, I think, uh, well, I think back to the 2003 remake of The Italian Job. Half-decent action movie, not a very good Italian job. A Jason Statham film. Yeah, Jason Statham was in it, yeah. He was in the reboot of The Italian Job, yeah. He was, yeah. And for better or worse, it was a Jason Statham film. It was okay. I enjoyed watching it. I couldn't go watch it again. But, That's fair. You know. Okay, this is Khan. Right. Look at this man. He's in his 60s and he's hench. He is 
charismatic. He's got this Latin American thing going on. He's played by a man called Ricardo Maltaban. Yeah, that's Khan. Really cool dude. Do you know who they cast as Khan in this remake, in the J.J. Abrams one? No. Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> Famous for being not at all like the original actor who played Khan. Famous for being scrawny British man. Yeah. Who... No, no shade to Benedict Cumberbatch. He's he's a decent actor. Hmm. A tenth of the gravitas of the OG Khan. I can, yeah, I can see that. Like this dude just shows up. He chews the scenery. He quotes Shakespeare. He blows he up a planet. Scenery. <laughs> he fucking does. <laughs> it's what literally? Nah, figuratively. Like how Shatner did. He came to out yeah. Shatner. Shatner. And oh. there's a reason Rathacon is held up as like the best track film, and it's because the two of them just go at it, and it's great. <laughs> like, I'll just post another one. Like, this is a man in his sixties. That is his real chest. He is that jacked in real life. But yeah, yeah, okay. Imagine looking that good in your fifties, if not sixties. Well, imagine looking that good now. Exactly. Like, when I take my shirt off, I look like a sack of shit tied in the middle, and this guy, exactly. when he was doing this, was 30 years my senior, at yeah. least. And they thought Benedict Cumberbatch was an adequate choice for this guy. <laughs> he looks like an old lady. <laughs> he looks great. <laughs> Barbara? <laughs> I mean, it's the 70s. People had that hair. Oh. Like just, just for comparison, just so we've got a side-by-side -side of him versus reboot Star Trek's Khan. Like, look at them. I mean, they were going for Elon Musk, really, weren't yeah. they? Yeah, but this was 2012 when people liked Elon Musk. Oh, I don't know. It's not great, is it? Oh, no. It, it's grim. But it's the thing is, so if, you grim. Gave, if you gave him white hair, right, he would be Virgil. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he oh, would have no. the same demeanor. Actually, he wouldn't be quite a good Virgil. He's got quite similar features. Yeah. So, I'm terribly sorry. My mind went to a strange place there. Um, Thunderbirds. Yeah, exactly. Like, I... <laughs> you, you, when you say Virgil, I assume... Like, I automatically assume Devil you mean May Virgil Cry. from Thunderbirds, but it's not. I'm it's sorry. Virgil I mean, from Devil he also May Cry. Looks I'm sorry. <laughs> to be fair, Bendit Cumberbatch does look like a Jerry Anderson puppet in this yeah. photo. He he does, <laughs> yeah. Oh no. So I he he looks like both Virgils in a strange way. <laughs> uh, so that's why I don't like Star Trek Into Darkness. That's to be Actually, fair. No. Sorry, one more thing I just realized. The worst thing is the third of that set of Star Trek films had Idris Elba as the main villain. Okay. Idris Elba would make a fantastic Khan. Like he's he's got the gravitas, he's also ripped and he's he's kind of he's got the same kind of vibe as Ricardo Maltaban. Like But if they he didn't could, go with him. Yeah, if if he could maybe like ham it up a little bit, then yeah. Idris can ham. Yeah, I can I can see it. I've seen Pacific Rim. Mm, he he can, can ham. I can see it. Okay, I'm done ranting now. We can get back to the fix. <laughs> no, to, to be fair, okay. perfectly, perfectly you valid criticisms. My trap card. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's wonderful when we do episodes like this when uh, one of us is passionate about the the subject <laughs> material. Uh, 
Good. Yeah. I'm glad you're enjoying me being irrationally angry about Star Trek Into Darkness. Oh, just you wait until we get to the Italian job episode. I don't think we're having one, I'm sorry. I, I don't think we're having one either. It's not popular enough. Authors, what are you doing? Go watch the Italian job. It's <laughs> a cult more classic. Italian job <laughs> Don't make me write one myself. Nobody's going to like that. Do it. No, I'm bad at writing. Try. <laughs> so, talking of shitty characters no one likes, I just noticed, looking at tags, there is... I'm going to explore what people are writing about Cyborg. I've seen uh, Cyborg in a couple of tags. Uh, Cyborg is Spock's secret twin brother. Not twin, sorry. He's full Vulcan. Okay. But he's evil. He's Spock's secret evil twin that was only mentioned like 30 years into the franchise. I see. Somebody needed a convenient plot device, did they? They needed a plot. De- they needed to raise the stakes. So, like, what if Spock had an evil brother <laughs> that was never mentioned until now? I see. He's not shipped with anyone, though. Okay. Oh, no. I've, I've got him shipped with Bones. Seems kind of a bad choice. Yeah, maybe it's like. Um... Maybe the way that Cyborg was created kind of spills over in the fanfic as well. It's like, oh, what if he banged this person? Oh, probably. Yeah. But also, he was in a film no one really liked, so he probably doesn't come up very often. Yeah, right. I will say, going back to the Abrams ones, Grace, the one redeeming feature of those films, Mm. Carl Urban as Bones. (laughs) Yes, Carl Urban was. (laughs) Yeah. Good old Carl Urban. Now, that is a man who can redeem a film (laughs) just by being there. That's heavy price. Ha- Hang on. What, what a noise. <laughs> mm. I found an AU where Kirk is a captain in World War Two. Oh, happened it a sounds... couple times. Yeah, it sounds it sounds kind of odd. I'll I'll just share this. This is Kirk in wartime by Larosi Somba. Apologies for the uh, for the pronunciation. But yeah, the the summary is. When you're an officer of the U.S. Army about to be sent to the front line to fight the Nazis, the last thing you expect is a career-ending stampede of British sheep. Okay. Eh? Odd choice. Yeah, I I kind of want to read this to find out what goes on, but apparently the uh, one of the tags is violent sheep. <laughs> I wonder how often that comes up in Shaun the Sheep. Yeah, I know. I mean, they're pretty devious in Shaun the Sheep. Hmm. This is, yeah, I, I kind of want to see this. I keep seeing things here, and I keep seeing a tag called Julian's Cannon Foot Fetish. <laughs> James, is it? Explain. I, I don't know. I don't. He does have that thing with the mermaid lady. What? Okay, I've Googled it. Um, first result Star Trek memes. Reminder that Dr. Bashir can, canonically has a thing for feet. He does. There is. A <laughs> oh shit! Okay. There's just a line of him saying she has the most exquisite feet. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, that slipped past me. I'm sorry I couldn't answer your one Star Trek lore question that that came past. Look at the smile on his face. Look at him. That man has a thing for feet. Yeah. There are men who do not look at their wives in the same <laughs> amount of compassion that he is looking at this He's woman. reminiscing about this woman's feet. <laughs> <sighs> Spending far too much time on feetfinder.com. Yeah. How do you remember feetfinder.com? I have no idea. I'd forgotten what? about it. What is it? It does what it says on the tin. Yeah. What, you take a photo of someone's feet and it tries to It's find like OnlyFans, but specifically for feet. You can buy oh, and sell pictures of feet. 
Okay. Honestly, when it's the end of the month and I'm balls deep into my overdraft, <laughs> I you treat up. yourself to a couple of feet picks. No, I don't. I don't treat myself. I look at I look at that website and I think I wonder could I make money by selling <laughs> feet picks? How much money could my toes get me? Yeah. I mean, Grace, you'd probably do better than us on it. I don't know. I've got um crooked toes. No. Oh. The thing is... Yeah, apparently that's a thing. Sorry, listeners who are excited tight... for Grace's feet. <laughs> if you grew up with tight shoes, then like Cro- your, your toes bend a little bit. And it's, apparently it's not great. Maybe people are into that. I don't know. I don't know. I've never been on a foot fetish website, so <laughs> I don't know. First time for everything. So when Sophie posted like pictures of herself on Instagram... like mm. okay. Don't get me wrong, she's never posted any lewds or anything like that of her in you know, like bikinis and stuff. It's just been literally pictures of herself doing things. Um, yeah, yeah. She did get propositioned by somebody who wanted to see a picture of her feet and was quite prepared to pay to see pictures of her feet. And oh, she, okay. she didn't How because much? she thought it was... Well, I don't know, but um, she told me about this. It happened, like, years ago. You know, she she didn't because she thought it was disgusting. I I basically said, well, you fucking idiot. How much? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> How much did he want to pay you for literally just snapping a photo of your feet? If if somebody asked me for it. pictures of my feet and was like willing to to pay actual money, I would do if it in a fucking right. heartbeat. Mm. You know, a I mean, hundred quid, two hundred quid. I reckon that site is saturated with women's feet. I reckon you could do well on yeah on like burly northerner gimmick feet, M- man feet. Man feet. Man feet with Pictures a missing of... fucking toenail on one of them. Yeah, put I it think propped so. up on your um foot. Like, you no, won't put, have uh, much your, competition, will you? Or something. No, exactly. Yeah, probably not. The Get thing is, it, though, I, I do have a missing toenail which won't grow back, so that might count against me. I'm excited for us to be able to introduce the show as Hello, Welcome to the Streaming Forecast. We've got Grace, and we have foot fetish legend, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, have you considered just painting your nails? Yeah. And that way you won't notice. Oh, you would. Oh, you would. Okay. Yeah, you would notice they were man's feet. I mean, you could advertise it as like a fetish thing. Look, it's got no nail. It can go in any Mm -hmm. soft place. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) I have an ethical dilemma for the two of you. Oh God! Oh God! We've kind of got sidetracked here, haven't dilemma. we? These ethical dilemmas are so easy. <laughs> this wouldn't be a Star Trek episode without an ethical dilemma. So I have a fic here called "Press Me Up Against Your Lips" by Saturni Stellis. Okay. So the main ship is Data slash Tasha Yar. The second ship is Data slash Law. I know who Data is. Data is the robot on the Enterprise D. Yep. Law is his evil twin brother. Ah, I see what they did there. One of the tags is pseudo-incest. Pseudo-incest, right, so, okay. So, the debate, is it incest? He's just a robot. If it's your evil twin. They're robots. He's a robot twin, though. They are identical, except what... Did they grow up together? Yes. No, then it is incest. Ah, uh-huh. so it's a social thing. I mean, a socialist robots can mm. get out of seam, so... I mean, they were built fully functional. Like, they were never, like, child-shaped or anything. Oh, that doesn't mean mm. anything. The only difference to them is one has more emotion processing than the other. A bit like real twins. 
Yeah, kind of. No, I'm joking. <laughs> the, the thing is, um, you know, we can ask ourselves all these ethical questions about, you know, is it if the robots and stuff, but if it walks like a duck and looks like a duck and quacks like a duck, it probably is a fucking duck, so it probably is incest. However. Yeah, okay. They can't reproduce. It's still incest. Well, I mean, no, they're robots, it, though. It, yeah, I know, but like, if you are sex, doesn't mean uh, reproduction. Yeah, mm. if you are infertile and you plow your identical twin, who is also infertile, then it's, it's still. St- I mean, it wouldn't incest. matter if they were infertile or not. I s- oh wait, no, you can have identical twins that are different gender, can't you? Yeah, because yeah, this is the yeah. thing. Because if you, you know, you are still, it's not what results from the ploughing, it's the ploughing. That's the problem. Mm. Oh, that's true. So, I I would say incest on this one. I think. So, what have we learned today? Uh, Bashir has a foot fetish. (laughs) Yeah, we learned that. discovered Bashir and then immediately learned about his foot fetish. Yeah. Yes, I know nothing about him other than he's a doctor and he's got a foot fetish. (laughs) That's it. That's that's Star okay. Trek, baby. <laughs> yeah, do you want to... that's all of it. Do you want to know more about him? <laughs> no. That's fair. Because I don't like Star oh. Trek. <laughs> I, th- I thought Bashir might have you in. He, he's Bashir. Sweet, no. I'm surprised you latched onto Bashir more than Garrick, to be honest. He's, he's fluffy and, and Garrick's scary. Oh, he's... <laughs> yeah, he, he he's is hammy, a little bit he's, scary. He's a little bit scary. He does torture people a couple times. Well, that'll do it. And at one time... Bombs a senator. Ah, uh, he's going up in my <laughs> estimation. I'll give him that. I think if I showed you some Garak, you'd you'd like him. I, I can't get over the makeup. Yeah, it's just like, oh, Jesus, I guess it'd mean getting you in front of Star Trek, which is an ordeal that won't happen. Who knows? But that's fine. I can just show you comics of them, and you'll understand now. Um, I didn't learn anything. I already knew everything about Star Trek. Yeah, that's kind of uh, that's kind of to be expected. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, there there were some surprises. Hmm. Like, I'm glad there is a small niche dedicated to Goldacart. <laughs> I'm glad that piece of shit has carved himself a place in Ao3. And yeah, so many of them are original female character. Yeah, yeah. He's he seems a popular boy. Yeah, everybody loves a bad boy. Mm-hmm. And he might be the baddest boy in Star Trek after Khan. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, anything else? Thank you both for le- humoring me and giving <laughs> me a Star Trek episode. <laughs> I think that's the big thing. No, um, to be fair, I think you were about G1. Yeah. So, yeah. We've and, heard, we, and it we've is the OG all... ship maker. So, it was it's, it's inevitable. We it yeah, it was inevitable that we were going to do it at some point. Mm-hmm. And do it justice, uh, which you know I think we did a lot better than our previous episode. Yeah, well we've come a long way since the first year of doing this. Yeah, we have. Which is when we talked about Star Trek. Okay, in that case, we may as well wrap up there then, because mm. it is getting late, and I haven't eaten yet. It is very late. And Grace has work in the morning. We all do, but Grace starts way earlier than is sensible. What time are you starting, Gris? Oh, just six. Ah, uh, yeah. I'll be in at eight o'clock. I thought you were a six a.m. person. So, I get up at half five, um, 
I'm yeah. at work at eight. Oh, oh. wow. What the fuck? That's a what long time of just that? getting ready. Basically, what I do is I get up, I run Sophie's mum to her job in exchange for a packed lunch. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Then I come back, and if I'm tired, I'll have another hour in bed. If I'm not tired, I will just, like, you know, sort things around the house, maybe clean the bathroom, do the pots, that sort of thing. And then I get ready and go to work. Oh, okay. Fair play. That's, yeah. That's a good deal you got there, getting the packed lunch. Yeah, I mean, it kind of works as well because it gets me out of bed in the morning. Mm. And I'm Which very bad I've at getting out of bed in the morning. consistently failed to do. Yeah. Uh, I will be starting work at nine o'clock. I will be getting out of bed at 8.59. Which, to be fair, I would be doing exactly the same thing. It's a good um, system. If I was uh, working from home. One day. When you get on your foot selling business. Yeah, this is the point. See if you can convince Sophie to do some as well. Oh, we I reckon we'd make a mint. If you at home have any advice about selling fit, foot picks, why not write in the fanshipping forecast at gmail.com? <laughs> Titled Advice for Nick. Excellent. Star Trek The Toenail Frontier. Oh. Uh. <laughs> oh, no. Well, good night. Uh. <laughs> Thanks. It's been fun. Let's do this again in two weeks. And you too can join us again in two weeks as we continue our Star Trek coverage. We're each going to pick a fic we enjoy and talk about it in further detail. Now, Grace, I did say if you, if there's, if you can't find anything, you don't have to bring a fic. I know you don't like Star Trek. I mean, I don't think I could do characters justice, but I'll, I'll try. Do your best. Okay. But no obligations. Okay. If it's just me that brings a fic, I'm going to spend the whole episode just gushing about lore. Just so, just so <laughs> you know. Oh, right, so you should bring a fic, because otherwise I'm just going to bring like a, a whiteboard and sort of talk you through the Star Trek timeline. There'll be string everywhere, you're going to start smoking for yep. no reason, you're going to look fucked. You're like, you don't understand, Grace, it's all connected. Mm -hmm. oh. yeah. It all started with Zephram Cochran. Look it, looking <laughs> at us with wild staring eyes. That's the one. <laughs> I'll start us off with ranking my other favourite ships. So, first up would be the Defiant class, and which was Ben Sisko's. Okay, good yep. night. Bye.